Trump's secret police. What's happening? Why is it a big deal? Why now? My name is Brandon Hayden Carrillo, and um, I think we should get this podcast started right away. What do you think? It's it's finally happening to the white folks, so that means it's finally important. Ha <laughs> uh, What? Uh, kidnappings uh, disappear. Like basically, uh, what what we in Mexico would probably call uh, you know the di- uh, disappearing, like as a verb, <laughs> um, oh. is is basically like disappearing light or, or disappearing for for like a couple hours um, is basically happening uh, in multiple cities, but most. Probably what you most people have seen is in Portland, Portland, and like maybe Seattle. Um, those are like the big cities that it was happening in, or or is I guess since it, since the protests are still currently ongoing. Okay, so this is not the John Benet Ramsey type of abduction. This is no, no. It's a, so basically what's happening is that like um, federal agencies are basically showing up in like unmarked vans coming out in like full like military like tactical gear or whatever like 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 with like you know the camo and everything um with like no insignia saying what or what like you know department or or bureau or like uh, organization they're part of and like no name tags either apparently uh in full mass just showing up taking taking people out of the streets putting them in the van and then you just disappear for for like a couple hours um and then, like, they show up again because they asked for a lawyer. Because, <laughs> like, the, even the feds know, like, what they're doing is, like, 100% illegal. And, like, they would get, like, a lot of trouble if, like, a lawyer ever touched them. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I guess it doesn't stop, the law doesn't stop things from happening. Like, it's, it's more of, like, an after the, after the fact thing. So, so if you get kidnapped by, by the government, uh, just say, like, I want a lawyer. And, like, if they're, you know, fucking scared enough and, like, they, and they're, like, they don't have enough backing to, like, go full Mexico, you know, uh, Latin America, your family never sees you again level, then you're, you should be relatively fine. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm like, man, obviously this sounds like La Migra, except for, you know, you just don't come back. You yeah. come back this time. Yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. I mean uh, the 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 protests in Portland and and well, the Pacific, like you know, multiple multiple cities. There's there's so many aspects to this that like, as like a left leftist like person of color, like especially as someone with like immigrant parents, or like, it, it is so annoying and like kind of pisses me off. Because <laughs> like, okay, there's let's start with the most obvious fact is like. This is 100% like is basically like planes close uh, ice agents just coming to take you away, take you or like your family away, like in the middle of the day. 
I mean, yeah. we've... This is something that we... Our community's been experiencing, in, like, since forever. <laughs> Basically since, like, you know, even pre-ICE, back when, like, um, you know, uh, immigration was under the Justice Department. Um, yeah. And then, you know, later after the Patriot Act, it was moved to Department of Homeland, Fe- Homeland Defense. Um, you know, like, planes close, officers who don't wear insignias, who come in unmarked vans, who come and basically, like, pick you up in the middle of the day, and then you never see your, like, the next time you see your uncle's in a fucking ICE jail. Or, like, just, or just deported. Like, that's it. Because you're too broke to get a lawyer to even go see them. Like, that's, that's just the reality that, um, immigrant communities in the U.S. have been dealing with forever, Oh, but now suddenly when it's happening to white people and, and citizens, now it's it's a it's a problem of national importance that the uh, that the mainstream media really cares about. And you see all these liberals like, you know, you know, fainting over over kidnappings when this shit was happening to us like every single day. And the only people who cared was Telemundo. <laughs> yeah, there were the only people who showed up. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm, I'm reading through some of the emails I get from activists. And I see one that says U.S. police forces in Portland. And then um, what they say in their email, fascism is here. It is not a theory. And I'm like, okay, what about obviously the deportation, uh, deportation of you know immigrants and the detainment and of the, the literal child activists. camps, child camps. Yeah. Did everyone for- that was this year. Did people forget that was yeah. this year? <laughs> that was that oh, was like child camp. yeah, that was like late 2019, early 2020. Like that was the whole everyone was like losing their minds about the child camps as you are to do, like which is like yes. the rational thing to do when you hear child detention camps, and like, but then like everyone just kind of stopped caring, and then coronavirus happened, and then these like protests happened, and now like oh your people are being snatched away like all of a sudden it's like. This has been happening for like decades, literally decades. It's yeah. only because only now because it can happen to you that you suddenly give a shit. Um, I'm gonna say that again. Let's explore that. So, why is it starting to happen to white people now? Well, it's easy because like the because they're protesting. That that they, 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 I mean, to be honest, in the United States, that's all that's required for the government to clamp down seriously. Um, though this is special because. One, we're in kind of a crisis moment where these protests have been going on for a lot longer than kind of Black Lives Matters. Even like protests in general have really gone on um, in like recent history. Like the clo- it's you know Black Lives Matter, like the the you know all the rights that happened after all these police killings. Those are like a couple days at most, like one or two days at most before like you know federal National Guard or federal troops or whatever, you know, came in and then, and squashed them and, and put things back, you know, quote unquote under control. Um, you know, like the second closest thing is like occupy, but like all they did was like sit around in a camp and occasionally March, do like A to B marches, but they wouldn't like set things on fire. They wouldn't like fight the cops. They would just go and like do nothing basically and just sit around. Um, they, they weren't militant. Um, this is like if this is if anything, it's kind of like the best the, the best of both worlds, where you have something that's very long that's surprisingly long lasting that has a significant amount of community support and is like not afraid to fight cops and like burn shit down, um, you know the, the the trifecta of any of any good uh, protest. Um, yeah. 
so that's like the thing that really differentiates this from anything that's really preceded it. Um, you know, again, like I think we mentioned back in in another segment about the uh, you know all, all the protests, all the Black Lives Matter riots that were basically happening um, a couple fuck what was it weeks ago <laughs> yeah we, weeks like literally weeks ago um how like shit was popping off then and this i, I feel like this is more of a continu- this is clearly a continuation of that um these have basically been rolling riots um that just kind of pop off every once in a while uh like that was like the closest thing to this now it's it's, it's you can kind of really clearly see that kind of like a genealogy tree of a protested rioting it's really nice it is nice. It is nice. Um, but the response has been weird. And obviously, I think yes. Trump and his secret police response. That is new. You're right. That is new. Or, or at least that yeah. is new in terms of federal response. Um, apparently, from what I've been hearing from people, from like comrades in Portland and like other kind of cities where this is happening, the police have kind of already been doing that. They kind of already been like just snatching people up and like, you know, like being, being, the, being the crap out of them and then snatching them. And then, like, you just won't see them for a couple days. Like, that's that that was already happening, but it was being done by local police. So there's, like, oh, there's local municipal accountability, whatever bullshit that liberals say. Um, so, like, justify police suppression. Um, it's okay if it's, like, if, if the police live somewhere in this very large city that's very segregated. <laughs> um, yes. uh, but, again, this is different because it's the federal response to this. Um, you know, this is at least from from the from what investigative journalists and and people have, who've been leaking things have, have basically said is a lot of this is actually being done by Customs and Border Patrol um, since they have basically a authority to operate within a hundred miles of any border, whether land whether like it's the Canadian or Mexican border, um, or you know most importantly with uh, Pacific Northwest and the West Coast in general, a hundred miles from the ocean like the moment the water starts that's when they a hundred miles inland is the way it is is as far as they can go um and guess what portland is well within that hundred miles so this has mostly been customs border patrol agents who've been coming in um with no insignia you know full masks no names in civilian sometimes civilian equipment other times in military equipment unmarked vans just snatching people up in the middle in like the middle of a protest so and apparently it's been, it was kind of theory crafted and implemented by the acting uh, secretary of Homeland Security, I believe. Yeah. Who who again is like, who again like the liberals will probably say like, oh he wasn't appointed, he's just a replacement again like act again he's acting secretary, um, he's not the actual guy he's supposed to be running it, uh, who was approved by Congress, um, but again like that's ultimately to the people on the ground that's probably meaningless. <laughs> Yes. Like, who cares if they were appointed or not? Like, by Congress, like, people are being kidnapped. <laughs> They're being kidnapped and um, aided and abetted by Democratic Party. Yes, that's another aspect I've really hated, is where... It, this is one thing where, like, Trump is kind of right, but in, in a very wrong way. Um, uh, where... You know, these are these are like happening all in democratic cities, but it's not because like, oh, look at these Democrats. They don't know how to control. They know like they can't do law and order, like all this other bullshit. Like, no, it's because Democrats are just as, um, you know, 
they, they are just as compliant with the national security state as the Republicans. You know, at the end of the day, the Democrats are going to vote for the Patriot Act. At the end of the day, the Democrats are going to, like, be in favor of the, uh, uh, of, like, you know, civil, of spying on, like, basically everybody. Like, in the end of the day, they're going to be in favor of every war. In the end of the day, they're going to keep funding the CIA and FBI and, and, um, NSA. At the end of the day, they're going to, they're, they're, they're just as melded and bolted to, um, law, the concept of law and order as the Republicans. They're just the Republicans are just more obvious about it. it, it the Democrats so, are only obvious about it when you know they're, they're when they're pushed up against the wall. That's that's the that, that's really when it becomes pretty obvious, like kind of the most blatantly obvious that oh right you don't actually give a shit about us you just want to be in power. So, I'm going to take this opportunity to highlight one of my favorite. Democratic politicians I like to shit on. <laughs> Other than Pelosi and Biden and, and, and all them. Yeah, yeah. Other than them. they. This person deserves an additional amount of shit just because those other folks, you know that they're bought by you know, the moneyed interest and yeah. They they had no they're just totally disconnected because in the federal government they don't have any kind of legislative power in their district they just kind of whatever you know screw people at Washington but Mayor Lori Lightfoot from Chicago is another issue she is the absolute worst the worst um, first, where I'm going to get in on her is is more of a political thing, where we saw this in 2016, and this is when she around the time she got elected, where every centrist politician all says that they're progressive. They'll never say they're the left. They'll never say that they're socialists or any of that. But they're always saying that I'm a progressive. I'm a real progressive. Uh, um, the the most them. meaningless term. In politics. Exactly. Um, maybe 100 years ago it might have meant something, but even then it was kind of, you know, squishy. But now it has no fucking meaning. And they continue to strip it of any meaning. Uh, when, okay, the mayoral election in Chicago, you had Lori Lightfoot saying, I'm a progressive, blah, blah, blah. And she would hedge on certain progressive issues. She'd say, yeah. I support the teachers' union because that's what you have to say. Because I'm a progressive, um, but she never got any votes on the South Side or really the West Side for the most part. Um, and she got big money donors in Chicago, which mean a fucking lot. And she won. Okay, fine. You won the election. You love. You beat uh, Preckwinkle because she was supporting the shitty soda tax. And that was, like, the big thing. Like, oh, how can you support uh, a tax on soda? I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a regressive tax. It sucks. And it, it's it 100% aimed at poor people. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sucks, but it's also fucking soda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to have a regressive tax on water. But soda? Okay, whatever. She gets in the office, immediately... She tries to shit on the, you know, Chicago public schools. Teachers go on strike. Um, 
part of the thing, people were like against the Cop Academy. She's going full steam with developing a Cop Academy. Uh, and now she welcomes Trump's, um, you know, jackboot thug DHS agents into Chicago to help clean up the crime. The fuck? What are these people going to do in Chicago? Really? Like, how are you going to stop people from, you know, because most of the time when you see crime and they talk about gun violence and how it's out of control, a lot of it's people beating up their spouse or shooting their spouse or their neighbor, and then you got some gang shit. But what what are these federal agents going to do? They're just going to do a lot of repression and fucking up shit. That's it. That's all they're going to fucking do. And here you got this mealy mouth, faux progressive, whatever the fuck that means, democratic politician that is going to sick the feds on their own people. Fuck Lori Lightfoot. Well, yeah, I mean, like, at the at the end of the day, like, she, she's still a politician, so that means she's inherently, like, not, like, she's, she's fundamentally, again, this is, this is, uh, your, your daily dose of, uh, anarchism, but, like, <laughs> she, she's fundamentally, like, part of the ruling class, and, and she has these institutional and material reasons to be in favor of like capitalism and police oppression and racism because that maintains her power. Like, yeah, of course she's going to do that. Cause like, uh, you know, it's like that famous, uh, the same as saying, like you can put like the most, you know, ardent and anarch- I'm, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing it very heavily, but like you can put the most like hardcore anarchist on like, uh, with an invest them with absolute power and they'll be even worse than the czars. <laughs> Yeah, like within a year, <laughs> like easy, <laughs> and like, yeah. uh, and like, and it's and it's funny every time like I I like see like friends of mine who are like progressives or whatever like talk about like then oh this is the next progressive hope or whatever, um, and like I I just kind of like I I just like you know I just kind of like look down at the floor and say you you absolute fools <laughs> you 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 fools this is gonna like bite you in the ass so fucking much. Like, our system of governance is quite literally made to uh, make sure that these people, you know, that politicians are essentially immune from public uh, opinion. Or at least the most that they can. That's kind, of the, that's kind of the reason why these positions exist. That's the whole point of representative democracies, is a belief that, one, the common people are, are too busy too stupid and too lazy to give a shit to like actively be involved so thus you need these kind of and I, I remember i remember this quote i think it was um i think it was hamilton who said it in the in one of the federalist papers like yeah oh the this like natural organic kind of aristocracy to come out um but instead of through birth it's through you know quote unquote merits through elections so yeah so every, every time this happens i'm I and and no one who is listening to this should at all be surprised. Remember, (laughs) politicians are like, at best, at absolute best, a short-term ally. You know, after that, 
they they are the spectrum only gets worse from there. <laughs> but let's be real though too. Lori Lightfoot is especially shitty. She's like if you put diarrhea in a fucking waffle cone and served it with like shit like hair, like burnt hair. That's Bruh. that's what Lori Lightfoot is. Bro, you're 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 talking to me to a mayor who's been under corruption uh, investigations like every other year <laughs> and like who probably doesn't even live in the city and like uh basically gave like half of our fucking uh budget to the police like and like basically does whatever they, they tell him to do like again this is, this is one of those things where it's like yes like oh no pro- pro- I, I agree with you I, I agree with your assessment it's just a matter of like who's worse is like trying to compare like a rotten apple to a rotten orange. Like they're both rotting. You probably shouldn't go near them. <laughs> you probably shouldn't go near them. I, I agree. Probably with that. Throw, maybe, throw them into the dumpster. And maybe it's a, it's a worthless, you know, exercise with, you know, it's almost like the oppression Olympics. It's a worthless exercise. Yeah. No, but, no one really, very few, no one really wins at the end of it. No one really wins at the end of it. But again, Santa Ana is different than Chicago. Chicago yes. is the third largest city in America. Chicago has been known to have black black sites and still fucking torture um, their citizens with their police department. Chicago is, you know, they have the machine down to science. Chicago is fucking filthy in this kind of whole political, you know, mechanism and culture. It is a brass knuckle fucking street fight at every level, even when you're just dealing with like the PTA meetings. <laughs> oh my god! So it's like PTA meetings that look like uh, that one, uh, that one YouTube video of like the Ukrainian uh, parliament just getting to a fist fight. <laughs> essentially, essentially, just this minor, just get like a video of a PTA meeting with like minor threat on, like <laughs> just. Seeing soccer moms beat the living shit out of each other. <laughs> this goes going just hardcore. Um, yeah, so that's that's my only reason why. And then you you put Lori Lightfoot on there, where she uses the face of um, you know, like I'm you know, representation. I'm a black woman and a lesbian, which Chicago's never had a black woman or a lesbian. Yeah, cool for the very rich, well-connected, you know, black black lesbians out there. But like, what about all like the poor black lesbians (laughs) who who who, many things statistically are like poorer uh, by the fact that they are gay? (laughs) Like literally, being gay make uh, makes them more likely to be poor. Uh, You know, but you know, uh, there's representation, so I guess that makes it okay. Yeah, they're represented now, so they're they're going to be fine. That that really does uh, make me like. Cons- I remember hearing, um, I forget who, so I'm, I, I apologize, but I remember hearing that like liberals would be okay with any amount of oppression towards minority groups as long as those minority groups are proportionally represented amongst the upper class or uh, amongst the ruling class to the proportion of the United States population. So for like. You know, if there's like uh, one minority group per one one person of a minority 
uh, for every like hundred uh, white people, like rich white cis people, whatever. As long as there's one, you know, for every hundred rich like rich person, it's okay. <laughs> like I and I genuinely believe it because like every time I've seen like all this like all these, especially now in the modern day where like more contemporary stuff, uh, when you are seeing like people from minority groups being elected to power they then turn around and inflict the exact same type of oppression um, that white people, that, that like, you know, cis, straight white people used to do to us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, oh, here's like, looking at you, Obama. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The, the, the Cornell West quote where he called Obama, like, okay, he can either be, like, a really cool dude or he can basically be, like, an Uncle Tom. Like, <laughs> like yeah. a, 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 you know, like a, you know, Uncle Tom, basically like a white man in blackface. Yeah. With no real, yeah, uh, uh, no, with no, no real difference to the actual material life of your average black person. And like he was Cornell West, Cornell West, Cornell West again. He was right. He was right. He was right. He was right. Yeah, Cornell is often, often very, very right. So, yeah. my but, but again, is... but, but in his like most dark, uh, like predictions. <laughs> yes. He's, he's right, uh, but, like, in a way you don't want him to be. <laughs> uh, you're right. So my question is, in the big picture of all of this special agent, you know, kidnapping, um, fiasco, this thing, what is the end game? Where are we heading? What What does this look like, say, December 2020? I know it's crazy to predict because oh shit's gone. It's the world is crazy. So, dude, I I don't even know how. I don't know if we're like eighteen months away from the next December or like December was yesterday. I can't even tell anymore. Uh, but um, I I stick my, my I stick by my prediction that I did last time in terms of like the longer term kind of view of things. I things are gonna get worse. Like things are gonna again. It's it's. Systems don't collapse overnight. It's a slow, gradual decay until it reaches the tipping point, and then it's all of a sudden. Again, again, everyone assumes uh, the like things like you know everyone assumes oh it'll be like World War Three like uh, some like you know thermonuclear war or it'll be like uh, everyone just dies at once or you know everything will fall fall apart overnight. Like no, if anything, it'll, it'll be more like um, Children of Men, the movie Children of Men. Where things kind of keep going, there's still gross inequality. It's just every day is a little worse. <laughs> every day, like you're, you're every day you're poorer. Every day, some other some other part of the world will kind of just go to shit. Um, usually because of our usually because of our government's actions, partially. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every day, like oh, I guess we just I guess potatoes are like double the price now. Okay, I guess we just this is our world now. Um, until everything, until you get to the point where everything then collapses rapidly. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm full on of uh, the election is going to be chaos, absolute chaos. If it, if this keeps up, if Trump continues to double down, um, if you know these protests keep escalating and happening in more cities, um, you know, I, I don't, I do not see green pastures in our future. <laughs> So, I liken your explanation to the idea of like if you had a an old rickety shed, and 
you got a bunch of people pulling on it with ropes to pull it down. And it's not going anywhere anytime fast until it does. Yeah. Um, that's the poetry that I hear from your voice. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember your uh, today on Twitter uh, because, uh, you know, I, of course I'm on Twitter because I hate myself. Uh, uh, I, I, I follow Mike Duncan, who does the History of Rome podcast and the Revolutions podcast, which are really good. You should go listen to them, especially the, the Rome podcast. You should listen to that. Uh, especially around the Grackhai brother era, you should, you should, listen, you should listen to it. Um, he he kind of posts he did his little thread where it's like, so I'm again because he's a historian. He he studied the cla- the 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 rise and fall of the Roman Empire and and he literally does a whole podcast about like how um, countries fall into revolution. Um, and he was like, yeah, basically the U.S. as of right now takes off like every single box. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if he, if he was doing an episode on the on how the U.S. Well, like the, the Second American Revolution or whatever you want to call it, this hypothetical mm-hmm. revolution, um, he would be like, this would be the episode I do before before everything falls apart. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a. Uh, that was a, a very funny tweet, and it just kind of made me think again about like, oh yeah, there's a very good chance we're we're fucked at least in the short term. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, we're fucked. Well, I mean, like we're we're fucked in the in the short and medium term, and hopefully in the long term we kind of use that again. Like everyone imagines they want to be in the middle of the revolution until like they're a week in and they realize that like the revolution doesn't go off entirely as planned, and that like oh, now there's, like, parts of the military trying to, like, kill you, and there's, like, paramilitaries everywhere, and, and like, the, the food stopped coming, and the water doesn't work, and and the medicine trucks started stopped coming in, and, and like, everything stopped working. <laughs> Again, yeah. everyone everyone has this very glorified concept of, of a revolution. Um, but again, like, the, the, especially in, in, in the modern times when everything is so reliant on being connected to somewhere very far away. If anything happens in between here and there, we're fucked. <laughs> like you're, you're, I mean, like, like just imagine Southern California. Um, we rely on almost all of our water from like basically other states. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if and if like something happens to like the one to like the really big pipeline or like uh, like uh, aqueduct, basically. Um, between SoCal and like the Pacific Northwest or like the Rockies, we are basically gonna, we're like all gonna die of thirst. Like that's a very good possibility. A lot of like we have way too many people here to like uh, give enough water to, um, in terms of like the of what we like what we get naturally. Um, if we didn't have like those giant like uh, water sources from the Rockies and the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Shit. Well, you know what. Don't don't have too much pride, man. When when you guys lose your water, and you will, oh, yeah. and you're you're feeling like you're a little thirsty, um, you always got a friend in in Wisconsin where. <laughs> no, my, my 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 bug out plan is Mexico, dude. Like Mexico, it's it's economies are a lot more regional. Um, you know, like its infrastructure is a lot more immune to systems shocks to shocks to the like international system. Uh, I'm just gonna like bug out to like my dad's old village in the middle of nowhere in Mexico and like just be f- and just chill. <laughs> All right. All like they right. have well, a well right there. They they can grow their own food. Like they they got what they need. All right. Well, 
maybe we should end our conversation on that little bit of hope, um, <laughs> discussing your bug out plan uh, after we've discussed secret police and the collapse of our system. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be having a few more of these of these type of segments in the future. Yeah. I, um, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but I know you're right. Oh, wow. Folks, we have come to the end of another episode. But you don't have to say goodbye now. You can follow us at Twitter at movement underscore color or think about sending us a little do-re-mi at our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash movement of color. Again, my name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo. And until next time, adios.